Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy's good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run! Eloy Jimenez! Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye! And maybe that's a winner! Here's Darren Pritchett. And welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Hours Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett, joined by Mike Singer, the Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. We're ready to talk Notre Dame football recruiting with you. Mike, good to see you. It's been a couple of weeks. I bet you you've been busy as always. Of course. It's commitment season, Darren. I, I can't, you know, go on a vacation right about now, like, unlike some people. So. Yeah, those people, you know, I don't know who they are, but, <laughs> you know, some people are more dedicated than others, I guess. <laughs> busy time, Darren. That's it's, right. Yeah, very busy. Hey, let's backpedal a few days. I haven't talked to you since Notre Dame picked up a verbal commitment from a really good-looking tight end in the 2024 class, and that is Jack Larson. What can you tell us about Jack Larson? He's an impressive player. Um, you know, at about 6'3", 215 to 220, more of a receiving tight end. I don't think that he has the genetics that he, he's going to be a 6'5", 6'6", tight end. You know, I think he you know, probably gets to Notre Dame about 6'3", 6'4". This, like, how, how big he is, I, I mean, I don't know if that's a talking point when a kid's going into his junior year of high school, like, He's 220 right now. Okay, like, get to Notre Dame at 230. You're like, why do we care about that? You know, it's not, not, a, not a big deal. But the skills are impressive. He, again, he's definitely receiving tight end. You put him in the slot, put him out wide. You can, he's good enough blocking that you can't have him in, as an inline player, but that's not his game. He excels as a route runner um, and as a receiver. Catches the ball very well. Um, when we got to see him at Irish Invasion in early June, Jack Larson was fantastic. So, um, you know, the rankings from site to site vary on him. Um, but, I mean, you, you watch the tape. I've seen him in person a couple times now. And uh, the offer list, you know, speaks for itself. Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, Notre Dame, uh, Michigan, some, some big-time schools were after him. So, yeah, Darren is just a, a, a really solid get for Notre Dame and, you know, you need a receiving tight end to continue tight end you. Mike, if you don't mind me going kind of a different direction with Larson, but we spent a lot of time talking about Notre Dame going toe-to-toe with Ohio State. There's been a lot of Notre Dame victories over Michigan recently, and there might be more on the way in the coming days. Oh, yeah. We remember back to the battle between Notre Dame and Clemson for the running back, Shipley. Is Notre Dame and Clemson, are they still crossing paths quite a bit in this 23-24 cycles? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you had, you had Larson, uh, Monroe Freeling, the big offensive tackle, um, who, who both schools 
um, have been in contention for, but not nothing jumping off the top of my head. That's like Will Shipley, you know, level of uh, hyped up recruitment. Uh, but yeah, I would say Notre Dame, Clemson battling a good bit. Um, I mean, yeah, I think just pretty much all the powerhouses the Fighting Irish have been battling it against, and that's certainly a good thing. And uh, you mentioned Michigan. Goodness gracious. I wrote a column a few weeks ago. I think we discussed it on, on your show about, you know, uh, Notre Dame beating up on the Wolverines on the recruiting trail. I might have to refresh that column because it's gotten – it's really bad for Michigan right now uh, versus Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame's just cleaning up. And, again – can we not under like um, devalue the fact? I don't care. like if you're a Michigan fan, how can you not be like ashamed about Michigan not landing CJ Carr, Lloyd Carr's grandson? That's crazy. I mean, what what's is there there is there like a Notre Dame comparison that that you could give like you know Lou Holtz grandson picking Michigan? Like, that would be nuts, right? I can't think of anything off the top of my head. That's for sure. The closest thing, remember the tight end that went to Alabama, Irv Smith? His dad was a great tight end at Notre Dame, and Notre Dame never offered him. So, still a little apples and oranges. But you're right. That's a major upset. And you look at the 24 class, which right now, it's early. It's number one in the country. There are two Michigan players in that particular class already. Again, Carr from uh, just outside of Ann Arbor, Brandon Davis Swain, a defensive lineman um, who the Irish got a commitment from in, in late April. Um, Owen Wafel, uh, a defensive lineman from New Jersey. Um, so that's four. Um, you got Jack Larson. Is there four or five? I don't know. There's so many commitments lately. It's hard to keep track of. Cam Williams is a receiver from Chicagoland. Um, very impressive at Notre Dame's Irish Invasion camp a few weeks back. Larson was very good at that camp. C.J. Carr obviously was excellent, and Cam was very good. Another guy, Kane Williams, guys, he grew up a Michigan fan. He did not like – like, there was no love for Notre Dame in that household. I was even told early in his recruitment, before even the Irish were looking at him, he was like, I don't really want to hear from Notre Dame. Now, maybe it's not – I'm trying to remember what it was. Not that he didn't want to hear from Notre Dame, just wasn't really interested in, in, in that pitch. You know, like he, he seemed pretty set on Michigan, and Michigan was on him earlier than Notre Dame. But I, I like Notre Dame to land him tomorrow evening. Uh, so, yeah, it just goes from bad doors for, for Michigan against Notre Dame on the recruiting trail. It's amazing. Growing up in central Illinois, 90 minutes from Champaign, so many Illinois kids root for Michigan. They root for Notre Dame. They root for Wisconsin. Illinois has been so far off the radar for so many years. They're coming back a little bit with Bielema, but still, guys like Cam Williams, they're going elsewhere. They're leaving the state. And since we're talking about Notre Dame and Michigan, Charles Jagasaw, let's bring him into the conversation. He's from Rock Island, Illinois, an offensive tackle, a highly thought-of offensive tackle, Mike. I know the on-three consensus believes he's a top-50 player in the country, one of the best offensive tackles in the nation and look on the screen for those of you watching on our youtube channel at blue and gold look at the top two notre dame and michigan and mike i see there's a 90.9 percent chance according to the prediction machine 
He's going to pick the Fighting Irish over Michigan. The number one offensive tackle, um, according to on three zone rankings. So uh, clearly the, the folks at on three think very highly of Jagasaw. Um, I mean, his wrestling background, uh, he just has a really high upside. And um, I think he could be a pretty dominant offensive tackle for, for one of those two schools. So, Darren, it, I, I said a couple times now, this is it's commitment season right now. So you got Ken Williams is announcing between those two schools Wednesday. Got Charles Jagasaw picking between the two schools on Thursday. Uh, and then uh, there's a few more prospects in the 2023 class. Rico Flores, receiver from California. Micah Bell, a cornerback from Texas. And then Christian Gray, a cornerback from St. Louis. I'm pretty sure all those guys have Michigan offers. I don't want to turn this into a Bass Michigan show. Um, but, again, it's it, 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 yeah, it, it's an impressive run for Notre Dame over over Jim Harbaugh's squad. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a pretty busy time for, for Notre Dame football recruiting. Mike, there was a time where Michigan football was bringing out offensive linemen after offensive linemen to the National Football League. It was kind of the place to go. But honestly, and I'm not being biased, I'm not saying this because I have a green Notre Dame polo shirt on, but there's no comparison right now. If you're one of the best offensive linemen in the country and you're choosing between those two, uh, to me it's a Mercedes-Benz and a Cadillac. Michigan's still a great place to go, but come on, Harry Heastan, Notre Dame, what they've done the last 10 years, it's not even an argument. I mean, yeah, from if you want to give that from like a, a very black and white perspective, sure. But, I mean, recruiting is it's, – it's not black and white. It's relationships. I mean, the, the amount of factors that go into a decision, sure. Um, so I, I like to push back against that line of thinking because it's not – like if it's Notre Dame versus Stanford, you know, it's, well, Stanford is maybe better academically, but Notre Dame, you get better football. Like, sure. But like, there are many other factors that, that go into a decision why kids would pick Stanford over Notre Dame, you know? So I, so I, I do push back on that a little bit. Um, but what you're saying is not incorrect. If that makes sense. Just again, cause there's, there's so many factors in recruiting, you know, location, um, you know, looking at the depth chart, relationship with coaches, schematically, all that kind of stuff. But again, you, you're, you're not wrong. I should have played along. I shouldn't have said Notre Dame was a Mercedes. I should have said a Ferrari. There you go. Based on Freeman driving the Ferrari a couple of weeks ago. Man, recruiting has changed. Holy cow. <laughs> Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Joining me on WSBT Radio, our video of our conversation also available on the Blue and Gold YouTube channel. He, Mike throws up videos along the way. And I'll tell our listeners on WSBT Radio, everything's off the top of his head. When I was asking about some Michigan recruits, I mean, there were no notes. He might have been looking to the sky trying to grab them, but it is all off the top of his head. I'm very, very impressed. There are no notes. I got it all written. I got it written down on my ceiling. Above, so just, you know, I just looked <laughs> is that up what it is? There. Okay. Hey, Notre Dame had a really good group of players on campus late last week. Name drop a little bit. Who stood out to you? Yeah, so the first, what, three weekends, you got June 3rd. June 3rd? Yeah, June 3rd, June 10th, June 17th. Those were all Fridays. Official visits. You know, that Irish invasion camp, which I've mentioned a few times, was 
that that first weekend. So it was a lot focused on the 2023 class. Elijah Page, an offensive tackle, recruit committed to Notre Dame following his first weekend of June official visit. So that was kind of focused. Well, after the June 17th weekend, focus for visits shifted towards the 2024. They didn't bring in any more official visitors. Um, so you had three, four actually big-time unofficial visitors for this 2024 class. So they paid their own way to get up to campus. Sammy Brown, number 12 overall player uh, and number two linebacker per the 2024 on three consensus from Jefferson, Georgia. That's just outside of Athens. I think it's about a half hour. So mm. Notre Dame battling those SEC powers for Sammy Brown. We have stories up on all these guys at blueandgold.com as well. Ryan Wingo, the number four overall player in the country, number one wide receiver. That's a five-star recruit from St. Louis University High School. Those from St. Louis who are Notre Dame fans, you know how, how big time of a school this is for Notre Dame to be in, involved at. So uh, Notre Dame had this five-star recruit on campus. And then another kind of profile school for Notre Dame, St. Joseph's Prep in Philadelphia, number 154 player. Nationally, number 20 cornerback is uh, Emilio Agard. So all three of these players, again, in the 2024 class. Irish had Brown and Wingo on campus Thursday. Agard was on campus Friday. Notre Dame quarterback commit C.J. Carr in the 2024 class showed up to campus Thursday and hung out with Brown and Wingo, got dinner with them. Carr, I mean, so my, my first recruiting class covering Notre Dame is 2020. I would say that the, kind of the – recruiter of the class among the commits was drew pine drew pine did a really nice job 2021 of course blake fisher um very a little bit more aggressive you know like I, blake would like kind of like all right you don't like notre dame well screw you kind of no i'm just kidding but like blake was was he was aggressive you know as a recruiter in 2022 you know i think it was a mix of some guys probably say steve angeli was um, the main recruiter among the commits. 2023, you got Drake Bowen, uh, the linebacker from, from Maryville in, in uh, just outside Chicago. And then you have, obviously, Carr for 24. And from what I've seen from Carr just the first couple weeks, he might be the best one I've seen. I mean, it, it, just very active, very bought into Notre Dame. There's no, you know – I don't want to be that guy on social media that's tweeting at our recruits. And, um, you know, he's just, he's doing a really good job with it. Um, you know, whether it's publicly or privately, you know, he's recruiting kids in the 23 class, 24 class, offense, defense does not matter. Once Notre Dame really gets started on the 2025 class, I bet CJ's going to be recruiting those kids too. So he's doing a really nice job there. Mike, let's discuss the near future for Notre Dame football recruiting. Over the next week, is there a really good chance that Notre Dame could add four or five more players to their recruiting classes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Cam Williams, um, you know, a, a big-time 2024 wide receiver um, who we talked about earlier in the show. I like him to choose Notre Dame Wednesday night. Uh, Thursday morning looks like Notre Dame could get good news from Charles Jagasaw from Rock Island, Illinois. Um, looks like the Irish have a good shot of beating out Michigan. Um, Friday is Micah Bell, uh, four-star cornerback from the Houston area. Um, 
I think it's 6 Eastern time, Micah Bell's announcing his decision. Saturday looks like it might be a day off. And and I think Notre Dame gets Micah Bell. I've got predictions then for, I think, all five of these kids from Atlanta Notre Dame who I'm about to talk about. You had Williams, Jagasaw, Bell, fourth one, Charles, uh, excuse me, Rico Flores, July 3rd, four-star receiver from California. I like Notre Dame there. He has top three in Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State. And he was scheduled to take uh, three official visits in June, and he only ended up making it to Notre Dame. The Georgia and Ohio State trips got canceled. That's kind of telling, in my opinion. We'll see. And Independence Day, Christian Gray, a very impressive cornerback prospect from St. Louis, who Notre Dame's been recruiting for over a year now. And um, I, if I had a dollar for every time I've mentioned his name on, on your show, Darren, I, I would be rich at this point. You know, he, he is announcing between Notre Dame, LSU, uh, USC at Ohio State. I like, I've liked the Irish for him um, since I think uh, when we were at Rivals, I put in a pick last November for him to go to Notre Dame. So they could go five for five, all highly ranked prospects. I mean, Charles Jagsaw, the number one tackle in the country, just a cherry on top of an already impressive offensive line class potentially. Yeah, it's um, – it's sunshines and rainbows right now for Notre Dame on the recruiting trail. Everything. I mean, even though you have Dante Moore's recruitment, you know, that's the one we've been following for so long and um, kept such a close eye on that one's trending away from Notre Dame. Looks like he's going to end up at Oregon, which Darren, we can dedicate a whole show to that one uh, at a later date. But um, even with that, it's still such a Notre Dame's in such a good place recruiting. Mm. Incredible. It feels like, you're the expert on the dummies, so I might be just overanalyzing things. But is Notre Dame just farther along in everything they're doing this year compared to previous years? It feels like they got the offers out on time, or sooner maybe I should say, and they've been aggressive going after the players they wanted. We've documented they're not afraid to go into a big powerhouse's backyard and get a player. Are things a little different right now compared to last year in terms of pacing of recruiting and getting the offers out and getting the commitments? Yeah, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment. Um, I mean, I, I think is Marcus Freeman recruiting better than Brian Kelly era? Like, I, I think the easy answer is just to say yes right now and, again, kind of just live in the moment and say that I, we, we would need a few years to really answer that question. Um, but in terms of what you're asking, like what I'm seeing, there's definitely more of an energy. Someone like this is the first recruit that popped in my head. Kane Barong, uh, a tight end at Notre Dame, signed with the Irish in the 2021 class. His really only contact at Notre Dame was Chip Long. That's the only, like when he commits to Notre Dame, Kane Barong did. Chip Long, I mean, that's the only guy who's recruiting him. I think he talked to Brian Kelly once during his process and it, this is just Chip Long. And, you know, again, Chip was the offensive coordinator and tight ends coach, but still, like, there's just one coach. That was, so when Chip Long leaves, Kane's like, no one here. Like, I don't know anyone. Now it's for every recruit, it's a four pronged attack, pretty much. I mean, you got Marcus Freeman's involved with every single recruit they're after, Chad Bowden's involved with every single recruit they're after. You've got the coordinator and the position coach. That's four minimum. So it, it's, Definitely more well-oiled machine. And, Darren, I, I mean, what I'm about to say, I, I was saying when Freeman got hired, um, look, I mean, there's 
when, when your head coach is recruiting hard, that trickles down to the rest of your staff, and they are going to recruit hard too. When Brian Kelly is not an active recruiter, that's going to trickle down in a negative way to the staff. Like, I'm not really going to recruit this week. No one's going to notice. You know, Brian Kelly don't care. You know, like, that, that's at least my kind of read on. I don't know if that actually happened, but, yeah. you know, when, when, and this is in college football or any field, like, if your boss is not showing a good example of being a daily active recruiter in this, then, you know, the, why should anyone else on the staff be? So, um, yeah, so long way to say Freeman's killing it. And, you know, he's not going to accept, you know, uh, Delane McCullough or Chancey Stucker, any of the coaches to slack off because you, your boss is doing it. You better do it too. You got time for one more question? Of course. Since you mentioned Dante Moore, and we've talked about C.J. Carr being in the 24 class, and I asked you recently any chance he would reclassify, and you didn't close the door on it. I was wondering, has there been any change in that conversation? And if not, do you believe Notre Dame is still in pursuit of a 23 quarterback? Are there a couple of quarterbacks that they might be looking at? How would you define to Notre Dame fans right now as Notre Dame re-examines three class for quarterbacks? Re-examines is a really good word, Darren, because um, I, I do believe that's exactly what's going on right now. So much talk about CJ Carr potentially reclassifying to 2023. I'm told it's still an it's still on the table, still an option. But my my message to Notre Dame fans is I would expect for it not to happen. And if it does, take that as a nice pleasant surprise. Again, still on the table, um, but right now not expected to happen. As far as what they would do next to 2023. To my knowledge, Notre Dame has not made a move on that yet. They, I mean, there are so many options. You can go offer someone out there, you know, maybe someone who's under the radar, whether that's someone you like now or you wait till you see some three or four games of senior film. You can try to flip a quarterback committed elsewhere. Um, you know, you can skip the position and get a transfer and go get two in 2024. You can get some, uh, you know, under the radar talent and still get a transfer. I mean, do you wait to see what you have on the roster this fall? There's just so many options for Notre Dame. Um, and what I go back to is listen, Irish fans, as much as it sucks that Dante Moore, again, it does not look like Notre Dame's going to land him. And it's like, Oh, here we go again. We're going to do a quarterback I've seen this before you have C.J. Carr committed. And that is huge because even though he stays in 2024, you're not going to get him for a couple of years. You will get him eventually, and he is as good as they come. I think he's a five-star talent. So you definitely sleep a little bit easier knowing that you have C.J. Carr. But if you're having problems sleeping over Notre Dame football recruiting, then you got a lot more problems <laughs> than, <laughs> than, uh, than that. All right, Mike, take off your recruiting cap for a second and put on your sales cap because we've reached the portion of our conversation. We have to remind Notre Dame fans that, hey, the blue and gold greatest deal on the face of the earth is still available right now, and you really can't pass on it as we are now within, what, 90 days of the start of the college football season. So the time is now. Yeah, I mean, for casual Notre Dame fans, um, 
I mean, if you don't follow recruiting, I mean, as your friend, you know, I would, I would sell, you can't really go wrong here. If you get into it, college football recruiting, it's a drug and it's exciting and it's going to make your off season a, a lot more fun. Um, so, you know, but if, if you don't need that, then, you know, you, you don't need it, but you can still subscribe to blueandgold.com for a dollar for a year, your first year. You get access to the message board. You get access to our staff. We're on there talking with our members all day long. Um, you get all the scoop on recruiting. If, again, if that's something you want to follow, um, you know, excellent coverage of the team. I mean, it, it's we have a great staff at Blue and Gold and an even better community. Um, we, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without, you know, the, the folks on our message board. So definitely uh, head to blueandgold.com and, and, and sign up for a dollar for a year. Well, if recruiting under Brian Kelly was like a Mountain Dew, right now Marcus Freeman's recruiting is kind of like a ghost energy drink. It's a high-energy drink. I mean, it is nonstop action. And the great thing is, Mike, they're getting commitments, and they are getting commitments from elite guys. Not one time in the last year have you talked about, well, this guy's probably kind of a project. You know, he may not ever matter to this program. I mean, they are just bringing in – Elite after elite player, and that's awfully exciting. Good point. That's a really good point. You can use I mean, it in your next what I'd article. I say about a guy like Joe Walt, though. <laughs> he worked out. Well, Mike, good to catch up with you. Great work, as always, on our program. And, of course, at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Always appreciate your knowledge and information, and we will talk to you eh, maybe later in the week. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Darren. That's Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sportsbeat continues next on 960 AM WSBT and WSBTradio.com. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 